Reading from Srila Prabhupada Lilamrita Volume 2 Chapter 3 Struggling Alone We are still Celebrating Janmashtami And Prabhupada appearing still If we see in all the history of all the Vaishnava Acharyas, not only uh, Brahma Gaudiya Madhva Sampradaya, but other three Sampradayas also. Great, great Acharyas appeared in order to establish the right path of dharma, religion or devotional service in order to engage different devotees with different rasa, with different mood, with different practices, so, Krishna is the mother of enjoyment. He can enjoy, uh, he can accept the service from his devotees in different mood, different rasa, different bhav. So, Different Acharyas preached Krishna consciousness in different ways in order to include different people of different mood. And when we see Srila Prabhupada come down back to the parampara, the system, Hare Krishna, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, Krishna used Srila Prabhupada, the most munificent way to spread his glories, to spread his uh, glories. See, this is how pure devotees and Krishna are, they are looking help for each other. Without the help of his pure devotees, he remained unknown to people. And without the mercy of him, his pure devotee remained unknown to the public. 
one needs helps of other and when one is empowered by the lord or when lord is glorified by his devotees in this case we don't have to be there should not be any external rules and regulations like for example prabhupada was 70 years old people would think in india what you are dreaming to spread the mission on chaitanya to the western world is almost impossible from you dear old gentleman take care yourself stay at vrindavan dham do bhajan <clears throat> somebody else will do it it's not your job it's not your duty you are too old for this so people try to discourage that way to sila prabhupada because that was the general normal practices in india once you are old you are at home you get support from your family sons other you play with your grandkids and just pass time wait your death until you die or enjoy your family life <clears throat> that is normally done at that age <clears throat> but what he did at that age is almost impossible for ordinary man because once one is empowered by the lord then all this physical age or physical other things does not make any difference like for example when lord sri krishna did his pastime early childhood pastime he did all kind of miraculous activities which a normal child cannot do so the lord is the lord all all the time there are some cult in india they they are called krishna pranami very very famous all over india they only worship uh, grantha <clears throat> the book why they do that because in the time of mughal when muslim were <coughs> killing all the hindu people they were hiding the book if we stop worship did you worship that's fine but if we have our grantha book then we can later on when they go up we can again restart the process so they are hiding book from the attack of muslim and nowadays what they do they just they big they build a big temple nice altar but a small book on the altar covered with some piece of cloth they think krishna is god only when he was 11 years old after that he started family life going to dwaraka handling so many wives daily affairs this and that so he can not be god anymore bal krishna they think oh bal krishna very nice 
they chant beautiful versions and this and that, so much things. But they think Krishna is God only when he was a child. This is not a good concept. This is not true in Krishna's case. He is God in any time, in any form, in any pastimes, in any lilas. He is always God. So only a Vaishnava can understand this thing and he can explain these things. And there are so many other uh, gurus, so-called gurus in India. When they talk about spiritual topics, they always established themselves first. Okay, I am your guru. And if you know me, you know everything. Indirectly they say, I am God. And their follower do the same. That also happened in the case of Srila Prabhupada. Some of the disciples started thinking, he must be God, otherwise how can he do such a great job? Prabhupada, very first, he smashed that idea immediately. When I read Prabhupada's book first time, 2003, the teachings of Queen Kunti, as soon as I read few lines, then he's talking about Krishna is the Supreme Lord and this and that. And I immediately, oh, this person is very good. He is not talking about himself. So this is Prabhupada's contribution. This is Prabhupada. Not contribution. This is Sila Prabhupada, a devotee of Lord. So many people claim that I am devotee of God, but they do not glorify God. They glorify themselves. And Prabhupada also mentioned in Bhagavad Gita. There are more than 600 editions of Bhagavad Gita, which may be, who may be not true, but there are many, many uh, Gitas. In India, you see Anu Gita, this Gita, that Gita, um, Ashtabakra Gita. There are Gitas, many Gitas, so many Gitas, um, many, many Gitas. Gita means song. Anybody can sing a song. Great personalities become a Gita. But Bhagavad Gita is the song of God. And people who have a little bit philosophical mind, they do not appreciate Prabhupada's translation because Prabhupada is not playing with mind and old jugglery. He is not saying, oh, the Supreme Lord, the great energy residing in all the heart of the all living entities. The energy, the light, he can destroy your ignorance and he can make you free, he can become God. So many adjectives are used to glorify God by Mayavadis and then big, big words. Oh, wow. Very good translation. Every translations are good, but not Prabhupada's translation for those people. So Prabhupada's intention was not to write beautiful translation with all this old jugglery. Puspitam Bhatsam Idam in Bhagavad Gita it says all the Vedas are the flowery words are used in Vedas. And people easily get attracted to that. Let me become very famous in the world and then do like that. No, he did not. That was not his intention. One and only intention was to establish the Bhagavad Dharma into all the nook and corner of the universe. He was not even thinking only within Bengal or India or Asia, no, all over the world. 
most of the acharyas in different times they came to establish dharma and they were mainly focused on particular area particular tribe particular caste particular sampradayas but prabhupada came out from that um area and then he spread this movement sankirtan movement all over the world without thinking anybody else personal qualifications so when one has a pure motivation to spread krishna consciousness ah krishna is all the time here the the heart of pure devotees is my resting place okay that applies in prabhupada life and because of prabhupada spreading this movement all the previous acharyas they are also very highly glorified like bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur who ignited the fire of devotion in the heart of sila prabhupada even though he himself did not go out all over the world and preached but prabhupada received that seed that inspiration from him and prabhupada did not say i am greater than my guru maharaj because he is only inside but i did all over the world that was not the right mood and now we read every day in the morning guru puja time we say eve jasa ghushuk tribhuvana aha prabhu karodaya deha more pada chaya eve jasa ghushuk tribhuvana the glories of spiritual master is spread all over the three world we can see that how like yesterday besapuja from devi forestry in some part of the world they their besapuja was one day earlier than ours they are glorifying prabhupada from one temple they are glorifying prabhupada from another temple they are glorifying prabhupada at night they are glorifying prabhupada at day at morning at night and each temple they are glorifying prabhupada with different qualities and everything seems different completely different that is evijasa gosuk tribhuvan tribhuvan means three world upper lower and medium middle everywhere pure devotees glories is spread and prabhupada always warned his disciple his devotees and his follower not to be carried away by such glories be careful all the time whatever one has this is just by the mercy of the spiritual master and krishna and anyone anytime become puffed up of such qualities a krishna take away from devotees he immediately take away from devotees so our sarvaswami is our singing hey radhe hey govinda where can i find you are you here at the bank of yamuna or are you wandering in the govardhan hill where are you he radhe braj devi ke chalalite he nanda suno kuta they didn't say i got krishna 
I am a pure devotee. Now my life is complete. No, they were still thinking, where can I find Krishna? That is the mood. We are the follower of those great, great Acharyas. So, every day in Krishna consciousness is a new day. Wow, it's a new day and I, I, know, I know nothing about Krishna. Let me know about Krishna, my dear Lord, by serving you in different ways. Struggling alone, this is chapter 3. Uh, I used to, Prabhupada is saying, I used to sit in the back and listen to his meeting silently. He was speaking all impersonal nonsense. And I kept my silence. Who was that person speaking? Ramamurti Mishra. Oh, yes. Ramamurti, okay. Then one day he asked if I would like to speak. And I spoke about Krishna consciousness. I challenged that he was speaking manufactured philosophy and all nonsense from Sankaracharya. He tried to back out and said he was not speaking. Sankaracharya was speaking. <laughs> if Prabhupada, when Prabhupada was challenging him, okay, these are not my word. Sankaracharya's word, you should, you should accept what he said. I said, you are representing him. That is the same thing. He then said to me, Swamiji, I like you very much, but you cannot speak here. But although our philosophies differed and he would not be, he would not let me speak, he was kind and I was nice to him. Because he did not let Prabhupada speak before him, before his audience. Because if Prabhupada speak, Prabhupada would speak completely different from what he speaks. And when Prabhupada speak about Krishna, the audience may like more to Prabhupada than him. So that was the fear in his mind. So when you talk about Krishna or God in a right way, you never become fearful. Oh, somebody will take away my audience or this and that. When truth is spoken, uh, everybody like it. And what Sankaracharya preached was nothing but Krishna consciousness in different way. At the end he concluded, hey, living entities, a conditioned soul, do not trust your material knowledge, achievement so much. Those achievements cannot protect you at the time of death. So always chant the glories of Govinda, Govinda, Govinda. Bhaja Govinda, Bhaja Govinda, Bhaja Govinda, Mudhamati. He addressed all these people as Mudha, ignorant fool. So that was the clear message from Sankaracharya. He established um, this dharma, uh, Sanatan Dharma, at some point in India when it was in difficult time by the order of the Lord. But that had another reason, another motivation. Prabhupada knew no one in New York City, but he had a contact, Dr. Ram Murari, Ramamurti Mishra. He had written Dr. Misra from Bartler in closing the letter of introduction, Paramananda Mehra, 
had given him in Bombay. He had also phoned Dr. Mishra, who welcomed Prabhupada to join him in New York. At the port authority bus terminal, a student of Dr. Mishra's met him as he arrived from Philadelphia and escorted him directly to an Indian festival in the city. There, Prabhupada met Dr. Mishra as well as Ravi Shankar and his brother, the dancer Udai Shankar. Udai Shankar. Prabhupada then accompanied Dr. Mishra to his apartment at 33 Riverside Drive besides the Hudson River. The apartment was on the 14th floor and had large windows overlooking the river. Dr. Mishra gave Prabhupada a room to himself. Dr. Mishra was a dramatic, showy personality, given to flashing glances and making expressive gestures with his hands. He regularly used words like lovely and beautiful, presenting an artfully polished image of what a guru should be he was what some New Yorkers referred to as an uptown swami. Before coming to America, Dr. Mishra had been a Sanskrit scholar and a guru as well as a doctor. He had written a number of books such as The Textbook of Yoga Psychology and Self-Analysis and Self-Knowledge a work based on the teachings of monistic philosopher Shankara. After he came to the United States, he continued with his medical profession, but as he began taking disciples, he gradually dropped his practice. Although a sannyasi, he did not wear the traditional saffron dhoti and kurta, but instead wore tailored Nehru jackets and white slacks. His complexion was dark, whereas Prabhupada's was golden, and he had thick black hair. At 44, he was young enough to be Prabhupada's son. Dr. Mishra had been suffering from bad health when Srila Prabhupada came into, the, into his, his life, and Prabhupada's arrival seemed the perfect medicine. Ramamurti Mishra, he says, His Holiness Prabhupada Bhaktivedanta Goswami really knocked me down with love. He was really an incarnation of love. My body had become a skeleton and he really brought me lack of life, sorry, back of life, back to life. His cooking and especially his love and his devotion to Lord Krishna. I was very lazy in the matter of cooking, but he would get up and have ready. Not only Prabhupada fed Dr. Mishra, but also all the um, newcomer to the temple every Sunday feast. Prabhupada used to cook, big feast, the whole food meal, and feed and wash the dishes. And he would ask, you want more? You want more? Like that. Until and unless some of the disciples realized that, oh, this old Swami is feeding himself, cooking, doing so hard work, 
and we just are eating. We should have some reciprocation. We should help him too. This is how Prabhupada started. <coughs> that Ramamurti Mishra also realized and saw that Prabhupada was such a personality, very, very lovable. He did not hate him on the basis of his philosophy he preached. Instead, he gave him big love and cooked for him. And Dr. Mishra, we can see the tape always arguing with Prabhupada. Finally, he did not, he could not go against Prabhupada's teachings. He had to accept because Prabhupada was never speaking anything false. Or he was not speaking to glorify himself. He was speaking on the basis of scriptures. Every word Prabhupada speaks are some Sanskrit verses related to any scriptures. He never ever say anything on his own mind. Even he speaks on his own experience, they come from some scriptures. This is how a pure devotee live. Walk his talk. Talk what he walks. Walk in what he talks. <laughs> Vice versa. <laughs> Dr. Mishra appreciated that Prabhupada cooking with the precision, precision of a chemist would prepare many dishes and that he had a gusto for eating. Mishra saying, it was not bread he gave me, he gave me the prasadam. This was life and he saved my life. At that time, I was not sure I would leave, but his habit to eat on time, whether I was hungry or not, that I very much liked. He would get up and say, all right, this is Bhagavad Prasadam, and I would say, all right. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, one who regulates his habit of eating, sleeping, entertaining, right, four things, he become perfect, happy. So Prabhupada, always on time. Okay, this is time, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Come on, have some. So that Dr. Mr. liked it. John Suval, an old student of Dr. Mr.'s, often saw Sila Prabhupada and her teacher together at the Riverside Drive apartment. John Suval. I have a memory of Swamiji as a child in the sense of his being very innocent. Sometimes Prabhupada said, become like a child, but not like childish. Mm -hmm. So this is difference. To be childish and to become like a child is a different thing. A very simple person, very, very pure. The impression I have from Dr. Mishra is that he regarded Swamiji as a father figure who was kindly and good. But basically, he, the words most often used referring to Swamiji were like a child, meaning that he was simple in a classical, beautiful sense. Dr. Misra mentioned to me when I was first introduced to Swamiji that he was a very holy man, very religious, wrapped in God consciousness. When one is selflessly preach the glories of God and 
and as God is glorified all over the world. In return, that pure devotee is also simultaneously glorified in all over the world. He does not have to introduce himself. Like son, when it comes, we do not have to say, oh, this is son. Everybody know that this is son. Swamiji was very sweet. I myself remember him as a very, very good man. Even in the practical details of living in New York, which seemed to involve him very much. Because he was a practical man and was looking for the best place to begin his work. I remember very well that he was always careful about washing his clothes and out every night. See, Vaishnava, whatever we wear today, we do not wear tomorrow. Because the reason we do that because we maintain purity and sometimes we, we may have to have some services in the altar and we cannot toss the Lord with our dirty clothes. So, once you wear today, tomorrow you have to wash. In India, in Nepal, I never ever wear the same dhoti for second days. Because uh, environment is very dirty. When you go out to preach book distribution, you get dhoti get dirty, dusty, and you have to wash it. And also we have idea that, yes, you should not wear the same dhoti tomorrow. But in America, at least two, three days, you can go <laughs> with it. But when I come to the duty, I always wear a new one. But Prabhupada had this habit, even that time, always new. I would come in and find a group of students in the living area of Dr. Mistra's apartment and in the bathroom would be sung, hung Swamiji's orange robes. Srila Prabhupada would sometimes discuss with Dr. Mishra the aim of his visit to America, expressing his spiritual master's vision of establishing Krishna consciousness in the West. He requested Dr. Mishra to help him, but Dr. Mishra would always refer to his own teaching work, which kept him very busy and do his plans for leaving the country soon. After a few weeks, when it became inconvenient to maintain Prabhupada at the apartment, Dr. Mishra shifted him to his Hatha Yoga studio on the fifth floor of 100 West 72nd Street near Central Park. The large studio was located in the center of the building and included an office and an adjoining private room. Where Prabhupada stayed, it had no windows. The reason Prabhupada wanted to come to India, sorry, America to preach this mission was that Prabhupada knew that Americans are not looking for food. They are not striving for food or to live a rich, happy life because they are already very rich. They are born from a highly parenthood. In India, everybody is looking for their daily bread. I mean, for good job, good income, good saving, good prestige. Then 
some religious activities like dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Everybody go through these processes in India, even today. Everyone are aspiring to come to the West for more money, for better education, for better jobs, for better standard living. But in America, like yesterday, uh, Krishna Chaitanya Lila was explaining, I had a job. I was suffering so much and looking something else for a long, long time. So she could give up everything at once just for happiness, spiritual happiness. But in Indian people, no, I should have both this and that together. Then only I can be happy. The Prabhupada realized that mood in America, people are looking for spiritual happiness because materially they are already completely developed. They have everything. But not the case all the time now, but that time. Philosophically, at complete odds with Prabhupada, Dr. Mishra accepted the absolute truth in the impersonal feature or Brahman to be supreme. He had still his idea that the Supreme Lord is impersonal. Even though he did not reject it, Prabhupada, reject Prabhupada's idea about God. Prabhupada stressed the supremacy of the personal feature or Bhagavan. Following the Vedic theistic philosophy that the most complete understanding of the absolute truth is personal. The Bhagavad Gita says that the impersonal Brahman is subordinate to Bhagavan and is an emanation from him. Just as the sunshine is an emanation from the sun planet. This conclusion had been taught by the leading traditional Acharyas of ancient India, such as Ramanuja and Madhva and Srila Prabhupada owes in disciplic succession from Madhva. Dr. Mishra, on the other hand, followed Sankara, who taught that the impersonal presence of the Absolute Truth is all in all and that the personality of God is ultimately an illusion. They, they accept that God is a God exists, and if somebody thinks God is a person, and they think that is illusion. And when we think that God is only impersonal Brahman, we do not say that is illusion, but that is an incomplete understanding of God. God is God can be impersonal, God can be personal. But it depends on how a seeker is seeking to associate with him. God is an impersonal, it is not an illusion, it is a fact. But he, at the same time, God is also a personality. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was invited by a Brahmana in, in um, Kashi, in a big gathering of sannyasis, Sankara sannyasis, Prabhupada Saraswati was the chief leading sannyasi in that assembly. And at first, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu refused to go in the gathering of impersonal sannyasis because he said, um, 
if one hear the impersonal philosophy, one's devotion is destroyed. Mayavadi Vasya Sunili Hoyu Sarvanas. And then at the request of that Brahmana, he touched his feet, my Lord, please come. I want to introduce you into the gathering of big sannyasis who have gathered at my home. And when Prabhupada, sorry, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ultimately accepted the request and he reached to the place and he sat by the some place where people wash their feet. Not He did not go and take one of the seat along with all the sannyasis. And they were talking, talking, talking about this impersonal philosophy. They will never tire of talking, speaking. Because it sounds so nice, very good. Flowery words, very beautiful. Mahaprabhu had no interest of hearing those things. But his physical appearance was so glaring, very, very bright. Like millions of suns are shining together. His face was like that, bright. Seeing that attractive body, that sannyasi noticed Prabhu, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's presence and he immediately thought, he looks like a Narayan. You see, even though they are impersonal, but immediately they connected to Lord Narayana to compare Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, his pre presence. And later on he came to Mahaprabhu and, hey, Sanyasi, you look like a great saint. Why not you come join us? Discuss about Vedanta. Did you get anything what I preached? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu humbly said, I am not qualified to come over there and sit with you. You are great, highly elevated sannyasis. I cannot talk like you. You are so eloquent. Very, very high. I am a simple the sannyasi chanting Hare Krishna in the street. And he said, No, you are from our sampradaya. Why? Because you took sannyas from Mayavada sannyasa case of Bharati. He belongs to our sampradaya. So, we are same. No difference. Come on, join us. Oh, maybe I am the same from your sampradaya, but my guru told me I am a fool. I do not have right to study Vedas. He gave me a simple mantra, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, which he told me just for you is enough. Chant this and serve your guru by following his order. This is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu established the principle of following authority guru, spiritual master, in order to understand the absolute truth. Everything becomes by following. And whatever Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained to them, great, great sannyasis, they became very, very ashamed of hearing from him. And became, finally became our great Vaishnavas. That owes the power of uh, real talking about God. Prabhupada changed the heart of impersonal people like Dr. Misra also. And many, many 
Westerners who are voidist and Sunyavadis become uh, Krishna lover. And this is spreading even now. Go to Africa, go to China, go to Russia, go to America, go to where? Everywhere Krishna's devotees are spreading more and more. The seed was planted by Prabhupada and is still sprouting, growing, growing, growing. It grows until it reaches the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna. Mm. I have some creeper plant at my home. I give them some support and they are just wrapping around like this and going high and high. Oh, it is already 52. I would like to stop here. Anything to add uh, or any? Okay. I was just thinking uh, how yeah, and, and it was such an amazing feat of what it did from so many angles. And one was that we just didn't, our heroes were saying, don't trust anybody over 30. Prabhupada was 70. Yes, see. That comes, Harau Abhakta Sekuto Mahan Guna. If one is Harau Bhakta, then all the good qualities in him and that naturally attract everybody. Some young ladies wanted to marry Prabhupada because that much love they felt for him. And Prabhupada says smilingly, I am an old man. Doesn't work with me. <laughs> he didn't say, Oh, Sanyasi, you cannot say like that. You go away from here. Do not come from tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> he just laugh. Yes, Prabhuji. Uh, never trust anyone under 5,000 years old. <laughs> but, uh, that was Prakashananda uh, Saraswati. Oh, sorry. Prakashananda Saraswati. Prabhuji Saraswati. Yes, different. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you. That was Prakashananda Saraswati. Me and my wife were reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita the other day. I forgot the name. Anything else? Hare Krishna. Chila Prabhupada ki jai. Sri Krishna Bhagavan ki jai. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Alright, let's see.